Welcome to the Color and Chaos Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Jonah Fair. If this is your first time being a part of this, then I just want to say welcome. What you're partaking in, either you're watching or listening to this, or maybe you were searching for something and you found this, or somebody sent it to you. No matter how you found this, the fact is, is that you are here and that my prayer, my hope is that no matter whatever chaos that is in your life, that you know that there is a color that really can shine so brightly if we choose to allow ourselves not to be overtaken by the chaos, but to find the color that is in the midst of the exact same things that so often we tried to run from. So the day that this podcast comes out, it will be Wednesday, February 13th. And so the day right after in the United States is a day called Valentine's Day. And so Valentine's Day is a day that we show and express to the people in our lives how we love them. I know when I think about Valentine's Day, I'm always drawn back to a memory of growing up. So waking up on Valentine's Day, my brothers and I and my sister, we would go downstairs and downstairs they would have a basket of, of gifts and, and sweets and notes from my parents and also from my other siblings that we would give one another. And, and it was just this feeling of, of excitement of, you know, wondering what is written on the little Valentine's cards that my parents uh, w- would give us or my siblings would give us. And, and it almost never failed. It, it seemed like every year was the exact same Valentine's Day cards. It was like these little um, little notes that you would get at like a, um, a at a dollar store of uh, whether it be um, some type of uh, children's cartoon like uh, SpongeBob or Dora the Explorer. At the time of me growing up, those were some of the big things that were around and. And it seemed like every year the, the card was the same, but it honestly, it wasn't the card that mattered. It was what was written on the card that was so special. And um, as I was thinking about that, it uh, brought me back to a memory of uh, one, one Valentine's Day uh, that I kept this Valentine's Day um, little card. And I was going to read it to you. This comes from my brother, Caleb. Um, who's four years older than me, and he wrote me this little Valentine's Day card on a, on a little, like, seemed like a cutout little heart. Um, but again, it wasn't the card itself that, uh, that, that meant something to me. It was what was written. And so I wanted to read this to you. This is what my brother Caleb said on Valentine's Day um, years, years ago. To Jonah, happy V-Day, dog nugget. If you want to chill at our crib without getting jumped, you can, yo. Just say the P word so that you don't get capped. Love, Caleb. When it comes to Valentine's Day, sometimes it's so easy to feel loved on the day of Valentine's Day, but it's the days after where it really matters. It's the days after that really matters, the day after Valentine's Day. And also this this principle right here that we're talking about right here, the day after Valentine's Day, and throughout the whole um, either gospel or the letters of John, the disciple, the friend of Jesus, he spends so much time talking about the idea of love. He talks so much about love, that you are loved, that we are loved. And, and he, he always says that over and over and over. And he always says that you are children of God. Those who have surrendered their life to him are children. They are born again into his family. And so I've been around this concept a lot recently. And as I was thinking about something to talk about, I, I, I couldn't help but think about when, when it was brought to my attention. Yeah, Valentine's Day is like tomorrow. As I was thinking about that, I, I, I went back to thinking about all the stuff that the Lord has been showing me throughout this week. And also something that came to my mind was, was, you know, in this principle of the day after Valentine's Day, the day after Valentine's Day, it made me think about also the day after love, 
the, the, the Bible says that God is love, and we know that, that the, the person of Jesus is the epitome of love. And so when we look at the person of Jesus, it makes me think about the day after, the, the, the days after Christ, love died. The day after Valentine's Day, basically. And it made me think about that and of what were the people feeling? What were the disciples feeling the days after love died? That, that they spent all of their, their, their recent years walking with this man named Jesus and they saw love in the flesh. They saw God in the flesh just, just walking in love and speaking and talking and living and modeling love. And then all of a sudden they go from that to having close fellowship with him and in and, and, and the flesh to all of a sudden now love is on a cross dying and bleeding out for the sake of all the people that were putting him on the cross. And so now the disciples are stuck in this, in this mode and maybe you felt like this the day after Valentine's Day. You get this overwhelming sense of feeling loved and, and no matter whatever your circumstance or situation, it, it doesn't really matter because you felt loved. And, and if you didn't feel loved on Valentine's Day, you still feel just down the next day. But you go from overwhelming sense of love on one day and if that doesn't continue on, then you feel this drop. You feel this weight. It's kind of like, oh, you know, that was, that was a mirage. That was, a, that, was, that was something that was fake and shallow. And, but you still have that pit of your heart that desires this love and desires something that will satisfy and fulfill. But you still have that hole even after a day where everything seemed okay. So what were the disciples feeling the day after Valentine's Day to say? And it brings my attention to Luke 24, verse 13 to 35. And honestly, this is one of my favorite parts in the whole Bible. It's just such a personal story of what is shared right here. And this is three days after Christ died and he was buried. The Roman government knew the claims that Jesus had that, 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 that he would rise again. And so what the Romans did, the government, they would put a soldier at the tomb at all hours of the day and night in order for nothing to happen to the to the body. But all of a sudden, three days after Christ has died, Peter goes to the tomb to find the tomb empty. And this bef- this this bewilders everybody from the Roman government to the people in the community, especially the disciples. So what you start to see this day that I'm about to read, there are people that are hearing reports of the fact that Jesus is not in the grave. And so this is what I want to read, and I'm going to pick up in, in Luke 24, 13. And as I read this, I want you to think about that fact, that when Jesus was with the disciples, it was so easy to feel loved. But put yourself into their shoes the days after love died. So after the report spreads that Jesus is no longer in the tomb, we find two sad travelers walking on a road and they are so sad. They're so distraught. They're so just broken over all the events that have happened the days before. They, they're kind of coming out of that, that Valentine's Day of, of being with Christ. And now it seems like all hope is lost. And so as they're walking, I want you just to put yourself into the silence of them walking down this road and the brokenness that they must be feeling, just like the brokenness that maybe you have felt or are feeling right now the, the, as, as, as the dust kind of settles on, on a hyper, um, just sensitive time such as Valentine's Day. And so this is what Luke 24, 13 says. That same day, two of Jesus's followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. 
As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them, but God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. And then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hadn't heard about all the things that have happened here the last few days. What things? Jesus asked. The things that have happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped that he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some woman from our group of his followers were at the tomb early in this morning and they came back with an amazing report. They said that his body was missing and they had seen angels who told them that Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see and sure enough, his body was gone just as the woman had said. And then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he was going on, but they begged him, stay the night with us since it is getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were open and they recognized him. And at a moment he disappeared. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. And then they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them, who said, the Lord has risen. He has appeared to Peter. Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. The thing that stands out to me in this passage right here in the Bible is that here you find two people trying to grasp and reconcile how things appear and how they should be. These are people who, who they look at how things appear and, and the circumstances and the situation that they're, they're, they're currently in three days after this, this person who, who claimed to be the Messiah, the Savior that was promised in the Old Testament of the Scripture to redeem and reclaim Israel from all of its captors. That here they have three days after this man who claimed to be the Messiah and that they had hoped to be the Messiah. They're trying to reconcile the fact that, okay, well, now he's dead. There's reports that he's alive. We don't know what to believe And we're trying to reconcile how things appear and how it should be. There is nothing that anybody could have done to take away the brokenness and the hurt and the confusion and the, and the grief that they were feeling at this moment. That even though they were talking back and forth, the only thing that could have healed their brokenness and, and answered their question was the living Savior himself. But what's crazy is that the Lord did not stay distant from them in their doubt and confusion and bewilderment, but instead Jesus came close to their brokenness, questions, and grief, and he did not stay 
stay distant? How much more do we have a savior, creator, and sustainer that draws near to us in our brokenness, in our hurts, in our questions, in our bewilderment, in the moments where we are asking ourselves, you know, what is love? Am I loved? Am I lovable? You know, why am I here? What, what all does this mean? Am I only here to take up space? Am I only here to be used? Am I only here for other people? But, but what is the purpose? God, God, if, 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 if there is a creator, Lord, why am I here? Those moments that we were asking that, the Lord draws near to us, just like he drew near to these two individuals that were broken and walking and trying to ask and reconcile what they thought, how things appear and what should be. We have a savior that even the days after Valentine's Day, when when all of that love kind of settles and all of a sudden now you're starting to ask yourself, am I really loved? In those moments, the Lord draws near to us at a moment where all seemed collapsed. Every hope that they had seemed to be squeezed out of, uh, out of anything that they had in their hearts, in their minds. In that moment where all hope seemed collapsed, Jesus showed that he is risen. He showed himself to them in the middle of, a, of, of just such broken and broken, broken hearts. What are the lies that we are believing the days after Valentine's Day's? What are the lies that we believe even the day of Valentine's Day? Do we believe the lie that our worth is found here? Do we believe the lie that love is an emotion? And if I don't feel an emotion, then I don't feel love. We believe all these lies, but instead we have a creator, savior, and sustainer that when we draw near to him and he draws near to us, that he will lead us towards truth. Jesus did not waste an opportunity to cure the brokenness within them and the hopelessness that they had. Jesus did not waste an opportunity to point towards himself because he knew that he was the only one that can take them away from the hopelessness that they were feeling. Jesus drew near to them and and shared with them the truth that set them free from their hopelessness to the point where he, they begged Jesus not to leave. What is the hopelessness? What is the brokenness? What is the hurt? What is the grief? What are the questions? What are the perplexities? What are the, what are the be- bewilderments in our lives right now that we are just begging God, God, draw near to me. I need to know truth and I need this truth to set me free because the reality is, is that when we draw near to the Lord and our brokenness, he will be there. He is not a distant God. He is not a distant friend or a savior or a creator, but he knows us intimately and he knows every bit of our being and he will meet us at our lowest, even, even, even on the days after Valentine's day. It's the moments after something like Valentine's day where we truly realize what we truly believe. It was just like this in these two disciples' lives. It was the moments after Christ died where their faith, they either had a choice to dismiss it or to lean into it even more, even when it made no sense. And heavy heart, I want to ask you, what is going on in your life that makes no sense? The things that you are scared about, the things that you have questions about, what are the things on your heart right now that you are scared to bring to the Father? Because you're scared that if you bring it to the Father, that you would be exposed and and that you won't be heard. And then if anything, it will make you even seek even lower and deeper into hopelessness and confusion and anxiety and chaos. When in reality, 
reality. It's the moments that we are honest and that we lay our hearts bare and our questions. And we know that our questions doesn't push away the love of our creator, savior, and sustainer, but instead it invites him into the brokenness and invites him into the questions in order for him to lead us towards truth. We know that our creator leads us to truth through his word. And when we allow his word to penetrate even the, the, the darkest and the hardest situations, the moments that we do not feel loved, the moments that we do not feel valued, when we allow him to speak into and lead us into truth through his word, then we become alive and our eyes are open because we realize that our circumstance does not have the final word, but instead our victorious savior had the final word and he has the final word and that he can lead us even through the darkest of times, even after the days where we feel like the, 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 the truths that we felt on Valentine's Day are a lie. As I was preparing to talk about this today, I was reading a commentary by a man named Alexander McLaren, and he, and he wrote this, and I want you to pay attention to this if, if you're watching or listening to this. Pay attention to this quote, because this goes along with the verse that we just read. This is what he says. The disclosure of their bewilderment appealed to their companion's heart as it ever does. Jesus is not repelled by our doubts and perplexities if they are freely spoken to him. To put our confused thoughts into plain words tends to clear them and to bring him as our teacher. His reproach has no anger in it and inflicts no pain, but puts us on the right track for arriving at the truth. The moment in the scripture where Jesus looked at them and said, you are foolish. If that produced a fear or a hurt, then there's no reason and no explanation of why they would beg him to stay with them. See, the truth did not, did not, offend them, but the truth invited them in, that that the truth created a burning desire within them as they spoke with with Jesus. And and likewise, when we are led into truth through the word, are we are we offended? Are we are we pushed away? Because reality is is that if we knew who was talking to us, if we knew who he was, that he is the epitome of love and that he is the epitome of, of care and concern and satisfaction and fulfillment and truth, if we knew that, we would not be repelled, but instead we would allow our hearts to burn and grow in desire and passion for him and him alone. Sometimes we are so quickly to run away from the uncomfortability of questions and concerns and perplexities and bewilderment that we run away and we try to hide it and not deal with it. When in reality, we have a creator, savior, and sustainer that wants to linger and walk with us through those questions, through those doubts, through those concerns that he cares for us. And so often we are so just fill, fill up all of those, 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 uh, those uncomfortable comfortability within us. We fill that and we fill it with times and events and things and, and doing all these things when in reality we have a creator, savior, and sustainer that doesn't want us to cover up our, our, our all of our frustrations and bewilderment. And instead, he does not want us to miss walking with him through it. We have a creator, savior, and sustainer that wants to walk with us through every moment, through every question, through every doubt, through every joy, through every high and every low. He wants to walk with us through the highs of our life, through the Valentine's days of life, and also through the days after the moments where we just forget that we are loved and we can't believe that we're loved and we can't even love ourselves. 
that how awesome is it that we have a love of a father and a creator that loves us so much that he is willing to to not push us away even when we doubt him, but instead it, it does nothing but just grow and grow his heart and his desire for us even more. You are loved no matter what you are going through. I feel like a broken record here at Color and Chaos, but honestly, that, that is all that this is about, is for you to know that you are loved and that you have a creator, savior, sustainer, that once you know him, you can know love. You can know love. You can know the love of your creator and you can know how to love others and you can know how you are loved in order for you to be all that God's made you to be, not just for here and now, but for you to be able to be a catalyst and to be an instrument of God using you in order to point others towards him. We were made for his glory. We were made for his love. We were made to know him and to make him known. And when we know him, we can't help but share that. You look right here in this passage that we just read. It said the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they realized that it was him. The moment that they sat down with him and he broke the bread, they realized that everything Jesus had spoken had come to play. And there in verse 35, we see that they were so just overwhelmed by the love of God, they had to share it. Are you so overwhelmed with the love of God that it that it, that no matter what you go through, you know that you are loved just like me on Valentine's Day when I was a kid and I would go downstairs and I would read the Valentine's you know cards from my siblings and from my family. I knew I was loved. It was the days after that I doubted it. But the moments when I got those, those, those Valentine's cards, I, I knew I was loved in those moments. What if we had a faith that no matter what day it is, no matter if we have cards or we don't have cards, no matter if we're feeling love, if we're feeling the emotion of love or we're feeling loved or valued or cherished, even what if we had the faith that no matter what day it is, no matter what circumstance, that we know we are loved by a creator, savior, and sustainer that will not let go. And we know that God is real and he's active and pursuing after a heart. And we know that there is a man named Jesus that is a living savior and that he's walking and his spirit lives inside of us when we are surrendered to him. And we know even when we go through the worst, the worst, the worst pain imaginable and brokenness and evil, we know that he is our victory. Everything that we go through is for us to know that it doesn't matter what we go through. Truth is truth and his love will not change. Heavy heart, he is growing you in the pain and he will not let go. His love does not depend on a day, but it is eternal and everlasting. Nothing can take away the love of God towards you. He died for you and there's nothing that can take that away. May we lean into him. May we linger with him. May we not be afraid to come to him with our questions or concerns. He is big enough to handle them. He is big enough. He is big enough. And his love, his love is enough to cover even the worst, the worst that we have. It's the days after Valentine's Day that show what we truly believe. Heavy heart, do you believe today that you are loved? Because you are so, 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 so loved. You are so loved. You are so loved. It goes far beyond anything that you can do. Anything that others can even say or do to you as well. 
How often we're so busy that we forget to linger with love. And he is here and his name is Jesus. May the truth set you free. May it set us free today. May we no longer be worried about things that don't matter. This is not all that there is. But we were made for a kingdom that is far greater than any kingdom here and now. We were made for a love that is far greater than any love here and now. Heavy heart, may you know that in the hands of your creator, savior, and sustainer, there's nothing that can take away his love for you. I wanna pray for you. I wanna pray for us as we walk into the days after Valentine's Day, the days after our, 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 the, those moments where we feel so loved. May we walk into truth and may that truth tell us that we are loved no matter what comes. Heavy heart, rest easy. You are loved. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you that you draw near to us. God, you are not a distant God, but you are a living and active God. Your word is alive. And when we come to you, when we surrender to you, Lord, it is a beautiful exchange that takes place. May our, may our tomorrows, may our todays, may our yesterdays be in your hands, Lord. May we stop trying to do this life on our own. Jesus, you are our Lord. You are our master. You are our leader. Lord, you will lead us. You will lead us. Even when it feels like all hope is gone. Lord, may we focus more on you than our circumstances. May we focus more on you than our feelings. May we focus more on you than, our, than the loudness of our confusion. May you be our all in all. And may we seek you with every bit of our being. Jesus, we surrender we throw our hands up and we are done trying to live this life on our own. God, we cannot do it on our own. We can't make sense of this on our own. Even though it may seem so foolish to surrender all of us to you, Lord, that is where we become alive because we take our control out of us and we place it into the one that always had it. So Jesus, please use us. We are yours. God bless you. God bless you. No matter where today finds you, I pray that you walked in victory today. You walk in victory knowing that you are loved. May this love set you free. May this love give you a, a, a burning within you that you just want to know more about Jesus. You want to know more about him. You want to you love others as he has loved you. You want to forgive others as he has forgiven you. You want to walk in freedom. You do not want to be enslaved by the things of, of this world or even the things that come up within our, our, our just common convoluted and broken heart. You are loved and you are valued. May we walk away today loving others the same way that we have been loved. If this has blessed you, please feel free to share it with others. You are not alone and we are in this together. I look forward to talking to you next week. God bless you. See ya.